Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews. I'm so excited to be here just kicking off a new year. It's going to be really, really amazing. And um, to do that with this wonderful person, Adam, thank you. And welcome to our event, our show, our you know new year, all of those things. Just really happy to have you here. And we're going to talk, you know, first of all, just introduce yourself and we'll jump into kind of who you are, and what you do. Sure. Well, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for getting me on. And, you know, I guess Happy New Year to everybody. I think everybody's been looking forward to 2023. Nobody really knows what it's going to be. So it's like this big mystery year. I think in other years, we kind of had some idea this year. Who knows knows. what's going to happen? So I totally agree with that. And and just, you know, let's start with you, kind of how you got into the industry and in this space and what you're doing now. Sure. Well, I I started a company uh, called Spiro.ai, which is focused on delivering AI solutions for manufacturing, wholesale and distribution companies. And I, I got into this business because my last business had a big problem, which was we were doing something that everybody hated, and it was called CRM. And so my last company, we we were a big partner of Salesforce.com. I built up the company to about 650 consultants. Eventually, we sold it to Accenture. But we were doing work with like Abbott Labs and all these different people with CRM. And, you know, basically, you know, whenever you said CRM to somebody, they thought it was like a four-letter word. Salespeople felt like they were being controlled. And worse, they were being turned into like data entry clerks. And so we, when we sold that business, we were like, listen... You know, for, for companies in manufacturing, sales teams don't like to type data in. Surely there's got to be a way we can use AI to make that happen for them. And we were like, that's what we need to do. And so that's that's how we started this business. I love that. And did you have like a background in data, like our sales? Like what what is your background to bring you yeah, in? Yeah, I, I have a I have a background in philosophy, which my dad was not very happy about when I studied at college. And he con- tried really hard to convince me to take business classes. And I said, no, that's really boring, dad. I don't want to do anything with business. And then, yeah, so Sorry, unfortunately- Philosophy is not a good business to be in, it turns out. And so then, uh, yeah, so I kind of got involved with IT and kind of, you know, just always been sort of a somebody who's been excited about new technology. And when the whole AI thing started happening, we were like, wow, this is really something we need to get in with. So, yeah. And, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. This is my 12th year as an entrepreneur. And um, I think it's so funny that I went to, you know, school for business and finance and like, you definitely don't want me in that, right? I'm more of the people person. I need somebody to help me with my books. Um, but, you know, it did teach us a lot when we was good. That That's definitely good. But the, the other side on the philosophy side and, and really just understanding people and the world, um, I think is really important to business. And so, yeah, I'm sure you picked up some stuff along the way um, in those courses as well. Yeah, no, I think, you know, philosophy is all about being able to make a cogent argument for something. And so in business, of course, all the time, we're trying to, you know, get customers to understand how they can improve or even with your own staff, try to kind of bring them along to the point where they can see the right solution. So it it actually turned out to be pretty good, Dad. Sorry uh, about that, but you know. (laughs) Right. Well, um, as someone who uh, does have a CRM and and kind of um, a love-hate relationship with something like that, with the data and entry, uh, I would say I'm more of that salesperson that just wants to go and talk to the customer and get going. How, how are you helping people with this? I'm so excited to learn. 
Well, see, the thing is, Charlie, that the thing that makes people good salespeople means that they're bad with CRM by their nature. Like salespeople, we're in the moment. We want to connect. We've got this idea that we want to share with you. We, we want to listen. We don't want to be typing in notes. Like that's not our thing. And, you know, what, what I did an extensive survey and I determined that the only people who are worse than salespeople about typing in notes are doctors, mm -hmm. you know? And so this is like, it's an endemic issue. I had one VP of sales say to me, the first thing he does when he takes over a new sales leadership job is he fires everybody who takes notes in CRM because he knows they're the worst salespeople. So it's like this crazy thing that it's a multi-billion dollar industry based on the idea that you're going to have the most valuable people in the organization typing in data. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand. So, you know, it's, I, I think the problem, if you think about it from a technology problem, when, you know, Salesforce started and stuff like that, that was how you had to do it. So there was no other choice available. And now today, with all the proliferation of different technologies and approaches, it can happen automatically. So, you know, I, I know we don't want to like get too much into the details, but imagine if, you know, you're doing business with Walmart and, you know, it saw somebody in your email box that was, you know, at a different walmart.com email address, your CRM would say, oh, wait, that might be another person that's important. I'll just enter them myself and look up their phone number and read their email signature and just do all this stuff for you. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, it would. <laughs> right. And then, but why it's, the technology is there. We can do this. And then, you know, based upon, the fact that, you know, using AI, we can collect all of this information about all of the emails and phone conversations and everything, then, this, then the AI can kind of look at it while you're sleeping and think, who has Charlie not reached out to in the past month that maybe she really should? You know, or maybe for a manufacturer, a lot of our manufacturing customers uh, have thousands and thousands of customers and keeping track of which ones are placing orders is really tough. And maybe if the, we looked at the data and we said, oh, here's a gap. Here's this customer who regularly orders and they haven't for two months. Let's surface that right to the top of Charlie's queue so she can reach out and see what's going on. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. Uh, and it's it's super exciting to see it in action. Well, well, I am noticing this, actually. Um, you know, LinkedIn is doing a little bit of this where they kind of ping you if you haven't spoken to the person that it messaged you. Um, so tell us, like, how does this work in your platform and what you've created? Uh, what do you need to, you know, you're not LinkedIn, right? You're maybe a small, small to mid sized company. Like, what could you how could you use this? So, so the way that our platform works is, uh, first of all, it connects with ERP data to gather information about orders, uh, invoices, you know, payments, products, everything that's in ERP. And then it also connects with your email and phone system. And so basically it consolidates all of that information together in what we call our AI engine. And so, you know, it, it works a little bit like Salesforce at the surface where you log in and you see all your customers and stuff like that. But then automatically in the background, it's scoring your level of interaction with every company, every contact in the system. And it lets you know, right, when you look at the contact record, whether you're in good standing with that person or not based upon the communication. Mm -hmm. And since it's shared across a team, a lot of our manufacturing customers have field salespeople who need to coordinate with inside salespeople. And so they can all see the communication that's going on with the clients. They can all see the orders. They can see if anything's been backlogged or what the status is. So at a baseline, it's providing that sort of like, you know, one pane of glass view into what's going on with the customer. 
And then, you know, when, when it detects anomalies and whether it's invoices not being paid, orders running late, orders, uh, you know, not being placed or contacts not being followed up with, it surfaces all of those in the form of what we call an assistant alert that says, hey, it's kind of like you've got an assistant in Spiro that says you need to reach out to Joe because, you know, for whatever reason it sees in the data. So okay. that's kind of how it works. So um, I'm, I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit with you. Sure. So as I'm setting something up like this, I, I immediately think, well, how does all this information get tied together? Who's going to tell it what to do? Um, who's going to set up the back end of this? How does that part get set up? So most of it is set up automatically, which is also a really great thing about the Spiro platform that we connect all the different components that need to come into Spiro and everything just starts working. Now we do, businesses have their own particular goals and objectives that they're trying to achieve, right? You might be trying to increase margin. You might be trying to break into new customers. I, I don't know what your business goals are. And so we have a customer success team at Spiro whose job it is to translate your business goals into telling Spiro what it should be looking out for. Because okay. if you're looking to increase margin, then maybe you want it to be increasing, recommending higher margin products on quotes, for example. If you're trying to break into new customers, maybe you want to make sure that any lead that comes in gets followed up within two hours or something like that. So based right. upon the business situation, we can tell Spiro what's important to you. Yeah. And I mean, I mentioned this before the call, but the the supply chain issues that we were running into that we currently are working through, um, this is a way that we can kind of see what is happening um, across the board with our team. But is there any other challenges or solutions that you can see just with the supply chain, your many different people or vendors that you've got and, and having them plugged into this? What have you seen how how this has improved for a company? Well, you know, sort of a typical challenge that we see is exemplified uh, by one of my customers who's in the, uh, they make custom refrigerated trucks. And so they sell to people like Anheuser-Busch and, and folks like that for moving beer all around, which is obviously a critical industry for the United States. Absolutely. And, um, and so, you know, like many customers, they found that all of their shipments were kind of getting late for all of the truck deliveries. And so for them, what was critical was being able to be in good communication with their customers and say, hey, listen, I know, Mr. Anheuser-Busch, you ordered this truck, you wanted it on September 1. It's, we're thinking it's going to be now October 1, because they felt like if they were able to better communicate about that, they maintain the customer relationship. And so that was something that was really you know, kind of important for those guys. So I'd say that's a pretty common scenario we're seeing today. For sure. And let's just think ahead that there's more people that actually implement the system and we're all, we all kind of like can see what's happening uh, within our companies and across the supply chain. Uh, what does that do for us? Well, you know, th at the end of the day, our goal is to help you make, you know, better connections and relationships with your customers. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people, you know, in the manufacturing industry are very focused on relationships with people, because we know that the better relationship that we have with people, ultimately, the more they're going to wind up doing business with us, because we create yeah. that level of trust. And so that's the primary business outcome that we're really trying to support. Yeah. And I think that is communication. It's basically what this is. It's a tool to better communicate about what's going on. Help us when we forget things, you know, that we need to follow up, that this person is expecting something from us. Um, how we, you know, sometimes we we just need that assistant, right? I think everybody needs an assistant actually. Uh, but, you know, making sure that, you know, you know, what are the things you want to measure 
Um, and who do you, you need to have in that system? I think is important. Kind of that second, that second tier, if you will, mm-hmm. get everything plugged in, then have a conversation with your team. And like, this is what we're trying to accomplish here. I think that's great that you have that on your team and, and in place. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is just going digital in general, right? There's some companies that are slow to adjust to this change. And have you seen people, you know, in your experience kind of moving that direction? Was there a a quicker shift, you know, during after the pandemic or during, are we still in it? I don't know. (laughs) But are you seeing people embrace this digital transformation that we've been going through? I'm going to say yes and no. So it kind of depends a little bit. We, We primarily work with B2B manufacturers. And so we'll, we have a customer who is one of the largest electoral conduit manufacturers in the country. And I met with their, you know, their executive team. We had a great meeting and I asked them about their digital strategy. And they were like, listen, we are one part that goes into every building project in the United States. And, you know, our, you know, end customers, home builders, they're going to need to buy so many things. They need to go to a distributor to get that. They're not going to come right to me. So selling in an e-commerce way, it doesn't make any sense for my business. But at the same time, we have a customer who's in like electrical components that go into all kinds of different things, you know, and they're selling to hundreds of people for different applications. And they, in the past year, set up an e-commerce store and they never thought they were going to be in that business. So I'd say that we've seen a lot more of that, but not quite to like everybody's becoming Amazon or something like that. Absolutely. And you're to that. It's a great point. If you have like very simple process, sometimes it, it, you don't need all these things. So it's evaluating whether you do or not. It Will this really help your business? Um, I think that um, there's different levels. Like I said, we, we were going through this on, you know, creating up project management systems and CRMs and stuff like, um, I'm, I'm to, are they going to fill it out the right way? Like, uh, is this going to happen? You know, uh, so uh, it's really great to hear that there is a new way of thinking, uh, which is kind of using the technology that we have, this innovative way of plugging everything together to talk to each other, which gives us a way to, you know, then talk to our customers better. So yeah. I love I'll, it. I'll tell you another example that I encountered recently. So we we have a customer that's in the lumber supply business. Uh, they're, so they're not a manufacturer, but they're really a distributor. And they set up an e-commerce site just so customers could get visibility into orders. It had nothing to do about transacting commerce. It was just about, hey, where is my stuff? And I wonder if that's sort of an interesting entry step for a lot of businesses that are thinking about what's our digital strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'm just glad that people are thinking about what their digital strategy is. I started like 10 years ago or whatever, trying to educate people on social media. So that was the digital version that I'm used to. And so when I see uh, manufacturers or equipment uh, software companies having that challenge to move our manufacturers. I like, I did that. I understand that story. I hope it doesn't take as long for you as it did for me. Uh, and I, and I think that uh, honestly, I believe that we are moving faster in that digital space. Um, well, now well, than- I was gonna say, let me ask you this question. So I'm kind of seeing a generational shift. A lot of my manufacturing customers are family owned businesses mm-hmm. and there's a younger generation who's taking over a lot of them. And I feel like these folks are a little bit more savvy, even in the electrical conduit business. You know, they're thinking about these kind of things in ways they've never done before. Absolutely. I mean, in in that, you know, our younger generation that is on gaming and, and all the different things that they can do. So they can be on something digital and be having a conversation. I always think this is so wild. I mean, I feel like this is um, I'm going to be all in with this conversation. I'm not going to be sending emails while we're talking here, but they actually have the ability to do that, right? They're, they're used to 
doing that kind of multitask digital communication with their friends. Um, and I think that plays into um, just how they're going to build these businesses and, and move in that direction because it makes more sense. Why wouldn't I just talk to my friends in this easy way versus drive across town and get everybody together and spend that money based, you know, like we'll see those shifts because they're, they've lived it, they've done it. And um, I love seeing it. I love being able to, you know, use technology to, you know, be more efficient to, you know, accomplish goals and that kind of thing. Um, so even though I do remember when the computer was brought onto the stage, I appreciate the smartphone when I use it correctly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saving time and I like that part of it. So I am curious though, if I, if I think about that next generation coming in and taking over because they're already here doing it, like you said, right. They're already here doing it. Um, what other benefits are they bringing to the table with that mindset that they are their their digital focus a, a digital connector if you will power connectors mm-hmm. um like uh, that we haven't seen before i think it does change it i think it changes a lot of things but i'm curious just your perspective well, the, the other thing that i'm seeing a lot of is um in the generational shift uh, a lot more focus on um uh, employees and how we work with people and you know maybe the older generation was a little bit more traditional in terms of the the way that they ran things and the the newer generation, I feel like they're also using technology to facilitate more internal communication mm-hmm. and collaboration and product design and ideas and in a way that's exciting. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we use Slack is what it's called to like internal communicate uh, with our team. And I already see how you can brainstorm about something really quickly and yep. get it done versus, um, you know, trying to get everybody to just come into a meeting at the same time. Right. So I I love that. I love how it is collaborative in the space. I I think all our soft skills are are coming to play, even though we need the technology, we need the engineers and, and the operators behind the scenes too. you know, making these things happen. But I love that our innovators and our visionaries are thinking about how we can do this digitally. So I think you've got a great thing here. Uh, I'm excited to see, you know, more people talking about this and uh, definitely AI has, has helped us so many ways. And I can see that, you know, growing so much in the manufacturing space specifically. Yeah, no, it, I, I, it's, we're at the very beginning of a wave of all of this AI technology, and it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see where it goes. We just uh, released a, a new feature, a very small feature in Spiro that after you have a phone conversation, Spiro will actually draft a recap email for you. So, you know, because it's good practice. We have a conversation. I'm going to send you some follow-up notes saying, here's what we talked about. Here's what I agreed to do for you. And now, you know, the software can just do that. It's, mind-blowing. I mean, committees all over the world should hear this and just be like, okay, we don't have to have a note taker that said, I'm the note taker. Like, it's just going to do it for us. Oh, everyone is loving this. Well, um, Adam, tell people how they can get in touch with you if they want to hear more about Spiro. Yeah, so if they're interested in Spiro, they can check out uh, Spiro.ai. That's S-P-I-R-O.ai. That's our website. Or they can certainly email me at Adam at Spiro.ai. And, uh, you know, if people have questions or just want to talk, you know, talk shop a little bit, that's fine, too. Wonderful. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time. And it was a pleasure to get to know you and really, you know, think about what the future holds. Uh, It's always a great thing to see how we can be more efficient and time saving so we can work on, you know, have more time for our family and work on things that are important to us. So uh, thanks, Adam. Thank you, Charlie.
And that brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Subscribe to our channels so that it shows up for you each week with little effort. And it's just a nice, nice use of technology there. You can reach us at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. You can email me podcast at Empowering Pumps. And we'll be back every Monday with a new episode. So until then, be empowering. Oh,